0: everybody welcome to another episode of underappreciated animation and this is the monthly show where we talk about indie animation we talk about underappreciated animation we talk about obscure animation and this month we're doing underappreciated it's a lot of fun and i am film critic rachel wagner and Stanford's here hi
1: there how's it going
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Hey, doing great. i
0: excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear your opinion about it. Well, today, likewise. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're talking about the Adventures of Tintin, a movie that I feel like has been sort of largely forgotten, mm-hmm. uh, which is a perfect one to have on this show because I I really enjoyed it when it came out, and I still enjoy it. I enjoyed rewatching it. I hadn't rewatched it in a long time. Yeah, it's been a so, long
1: time since I've seen this film, too. It yeah. came out in 2011, right? And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know I'd seen it. I saw it when it opened, the, you know, when it came out in theaters, and I had seen it in between then, but I can't remember when. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Were you familiar with the comics and the uh, the uh, other animated versions of Tintin?
1: You know, I, I was familiar with the character, mm-hmm. the character Tintin, and I... I've never read a Tintin comic in my life. You know, uh, I don't remember ever seeing it here in America. You know, I, I lived in Italy for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a missionary for, Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, the church, for the church of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and I think that was probably my first exposure, you know, comics are a big deal over in Italy. And, uh, and if i'm not mistaken i remember seeing tintin comics you know there for purchase uh i really wasn't i really like the character designs at least i just remember thinking oh that's really an appealing look you know i think tintin the the character himself has got a really cool look i guess it's this kind of signature mm-hmm. of, of uh of, is it hair gay i'm not sure how you say his name the one who created Uh, who created it. Yeah,
0: he definitely has like a really distinct style. I had never heard of Tintin. I wasn't familiar with it uh, before this uh, movie uh, was announced and kind of came out. Uh, But evidently it's something that, uh, that Steven Spielberg was interested in really early on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The going back to 1981 when Riz lost Ark was released that uh, I guess he had first, he came in contact with it because uh, it, the movie was often compared, especially overseas to Tintin. Yeah.
1: To Tintin. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting here. Cause I wondered about how Steven Spielberg first became aware of it. If, if somehow as a child, he got, you know, he yeah. knew about it or learned about it or something. One, um, one of my friends, he grew up in Europe and uh i can't remember if he was living in france or in belgium mm-hmm. but anyway he's a big fan i mean just cuz it's a childhood thing you know i mean he was just the right age living there and you know and at the an age where you're consuming a lot of comics you know <laughs> as a kid or if you if you're into that sort of thing and and i think tintin was one of his uh you know childhood favorites
0: yeah Evidently, according to Wikipedia, um, they said that uh, that the creator Her- Hergé, or have you say sorry? Yeah, I know how you say it, I'm sorry.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> that he wasn't a fan of the previous live action film versions and the animated series, but became a fan of Spielberg after Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he's quoted as saying, "Thought that he thought that Spielberg was the only person who could ever do Tintin justice." And I can see why, especially when you when you're thinking about Rage lost Ark.
1: Yeah, the grade.
0: And evidently it it kind of got batted around for years. the uh, the rights got uh lost and then picked back up again. Uh, and uh, they um uh they you know, all the way through the 90s. Um, Different people. At one point, I guess, um, Melissa Matheson did a treatment, who is the writer of of E.T. And uh, evidently they weren't happy with it. And uh, then the rights went back to the Herjai Foundation. um, And uh, it went from being part of universal to being part of warner brothers to being uh part of dreamworks uh all over the place which is you know it's kind of interesting it's like um oh gosh our intrepid um uh ron clements and john musker the um the treasure planet uh, yeah the treasure planet (laughs) (laughs) they they wanted
1: so they kept alive for you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of a carrot for finishing these other films (laughs)
0: Yeah, and evidently, so Peter Jackson uh, in, uh, this was 2004, uh, that uh, it says Spielberg had reverted to his idea of a live-action adaptation and called Peter Jackson to ask if Weta Digital would create a computer-generated snowy, so the dog. And then it says, and then Jackson, a longtime fan of the comics, and had used motion capture in the Lord of the Rings and King Kong, he suggested that a live action adaptation would not do justice to the comic books. And that motion capture was instead the best way of representing Hershey's world of Tintin. So that's when it kind of got rebooted with, uh, the same, it was done at the same place that did avatar. Okay. Um, Yeah the play of Vista in California on the stage where James Cameron shot avatar. And then they got Andy circus. And, yeah. and involved
1: Andy circus. Who's kind of the, the motion capture mm-hmm. <laughs> king. Right. Sorry. As as, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess Robert Zemeckis was involved, you know, who was the king of, uh of motion capture at this time. Yeah. And uh, so I was going to definitely wanted to ask you, because I know that you are not a fan of those Zemeckis films. um, What do you think that makes this work and those ones in your eyes not work?
1: So this one for me works quite well, not a hundred percent. Well, now we'll get into some some Uh stuff. It's infinitely better than, than, uh, for me, than those Zemeckis ones. I think for me the problem i had with the zemeckis one specifically the polar express and a christmas carol Uh is that uh number one the the faces to me seemed absolutely lifeless even though they were you know again done this motion capture and the computers are capturing the human performance they always look so creepy to me and and I know I've, t- I've I've talked with other people and heard other commentary, you know, or other things about about it. They talk about the eyes, particularly like in the Polar Express, like everybody looks like they're a zombie or possessed or something. You know, <laughs> um, in my opinion. So sorry, yeah. I don't wish to be offensive. No, no. I just I just absolutely despise that film. Um, and it's sad because it's such a cute story, you know. But uh-huh. anyway, um, but uh, I, there's just I don't know. I just it just I find that it the the way that they do the whatever is the thing with the motion capture, I never find it as as interesting or as um uh, compelling as just an anime you know, just straight up 3D animation, you know, like if Pixar was doing it or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh and and I was really trying to analyze it with this one, and I've got some some theories I wanted, you know, or just some stuff I want to talk with you about, but uh Uh, this one. So, and then the other thing I think with the the Zemeckis ones is that I feel like he. I don't feel like his camera, you know, his quote unquote camera, quite has the. I mean, for lack of a better word, Rachel, I'm going to call it discipline. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. Robert Zemeckis is a very is you know is a very talented filmmaker, but I just felt like because he could move the camera like any way he wanted to. He did. Right. And and I felt that that was, that made for a really unsatisfactory viewing experience because mm-hmm. the camera's gone all over and I never got sick, I, you know, but, but I feel like I could. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this, this, like, this, this could be like I'm on some, like, Star Tours from Hell, you know, kind of thing where, you know, just the, everything's going all over the place and you just kind of get sick to your stomach. But I felt like, I feel like in 1010 Spielberg's wonderful uh, control of of the camera mm-hmm. really shines. I mean, that's what I think that really, really makes this movie work is because I feel like it's a Spielberg film, yet he's able to do some really creative things, you know, because because it's CG and, and motion capture. You know, I mean, it's mostly because it's CG.
0: It does feel more like when you are watching Avatar yeah uh then then watching the the uh, Zemeckis films i i've always been i guess a little bit more of a defender of the Zemeckis films just because for whatever reason i feel like it, i'm able to adjust and i'm fine with the style um i i it sort of is a little bit off putting to me at first but once i've been watching for a yeah, couple minutes can, i kind yeah. of yeah yeah i'm able to kind of uh uh, Adjust and uh i i you know i'm a sucker for christmas movies and the fact that both <laughs> it's i mean uh-huh.
1: it's such a great book and everything i know i feel like i'm just you know i'm a scrooge for not liking no, I'm, both i'm
0: the I, i'm the unusual one for liking them i think but uh but the uh, the one that loses me is definitely Mars. Mars needs moms. That oh, one is just.
1: I mean, I mean, I hesitate to even bring it up. That's why, because because it's just so bad. Did you, you know? see it?
0: I'm surprised you even saw it.
1: I saw it, and those are like you know, what 90 minutes I'll never get back. You know, what I mean, it's just like, oh <laughs> yeah. I think rough. I saw it, Rachel just because, you know, it's a Disney movie. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's like I I I need I need to see this even though. Uh, I knew it was going to be terrible. And then sure. Boy, was it ever. Oof.
0: Yeah. When was that? Um, it. I guess it's in, we'll be in our next it's 2011. Yeah. So our next, uh, when we do um, probably in March sometime, we'll do our next um, Disney yeah. uh, year
1: ranking. Uh, and so, and it's interesting <laughs> that that came out the same year as Tintin did, you yeah, know, because you just look at very, these very different Approaches to using the technology, and you know, definitely Spielberg and Peter Jackson. I think they win, you know, hands down. Yeah, but well,
0: no, no comparison. Yeah, and Marcy's moms is just such a terrible idea for a movie. Yeah,
1: and just the whole concept. What were they thinking? Yeah, it's just, it's just terrible. <laughs> like, Oof. why
0: on earth would kids want to watch a movie about moms getting abducted? Like, yeah. what?
1: What in the world? <laughs>
0: My
1: yeah. aliens, <laughs> yeah it's so and it's bad. so
0: brown and so but, uh, but yeah i would say that this is and people have problems with avatar i do think it gets more hate than it deserves
1: yeah i um, do too
0: i i think it's it's not like my favorite movie but i i you know i like it i enjoy it uh, i'm looking forward to the new one me uh, too and i
1: think that the motion capture in avatar yeah i thought it worked pretty well I and mean, again maybe mm-hmm. given that the, the you know the the uh navi right or are, are human enough but so different and mm-hmm. and also just you know their their blue skin and all those different things maybe it all just contributed mm-hmm. you know to the making it work better in my brain you know rather than someone being um human you know mm-hmm. i mean we are trying to look look human yeah um.
0: the the story of the writing of this is pretty interesting like I said, um, Melissa Matheson did a treatment and then uh and then it uh was in the hands of um of Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Uh and, and
1: Edgar Wright. Uh, and
0: Edgar Wright. And so Stephen Moffat ended up getting hired to be the the uh uh oh my gosh, my brain. Um he's the um Story
1: lead of story or whatever, yeah, story. Yeah. I kinda, yeah. I don't know
0: what's wrong with me, but um, anyway, he was the head of Doctor Who for uh, for quite a while, right?
1: Yeah, so and again, European, you know, because you're right, same thing, mm-hmm. right? And and again, just so that it would have a lot more familiarity, you know, because again, they probably grew up with these comics, mm-hmm. you know, these stories,
0: yeah, and then you had. Uh, joe cornish who came on for the final polish of the uh film who then worked with disney with marvel on ant-man yeah. which also of course was associated with edgar wright right i know it's kind of an interesting group it's
1: interesting isn't it yeah mm-hmm. the, the, yeah i thought i thought i was thinking that same thing when i saw those credits you know the the, who, the screenwriting credits yeah Yeah, And
0: I I have to say, I'm not a big fan of Stephen Moffat. I I mean, he did do some good stuff with Doctor Who, but then some of his later stuff. Yeah,
1: I know it's controversial because I've watched some Doctor Who. I haven't watched all Doctor Who, but I... I'm familiar enough to know that Stephen Moffat has come under some criticism, right? For and
0: what he did with Sherlock made me so mad.
1: Oh, that maybe I... that's part of it that I'm remembering <laughs> is you, your your commentary on Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Series four was garbage. I hated it, and uh, and and he loved doing this sort of uh, this surprise, trying to uh, uh, trying to kind of a uh, twist, a big twist. I say he's the Shyamalan of television. <laughs> uh, and he really is. Uh, but here, I mean, you can, I think you can feel the influence of all three of them, which is probably like a perfect storm. of writing.
1: Yeah. That, that it, Cause I feel like the script is really good in mm-hmm. this, in this film too. That's, that's definitely not one of the issues that I have with it at all is the, is the script.
0: Mm. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think for me Rachel the big issue that I have with this and it's from frame 1 is I don't love the way they animated Tintin. You know, I oh, think that I think that the other characters are even though they're motion captured they're really cartoony. You know? Mm-hmm. Um really distinctive noses and elongated faces or round faces and all these different things that really make I think match what I remember seeing of what some of these comic characters look like. And I felt like with Tintin, they were made him look too realistic. Uh, I want, I Mm -hmm. guess again, I just overall, I just was wishing that it was animated rather than motion captured. I mean, I know that animation is, is part of the motion capture process, right? But just that, just to skip that whole, (laughs) motion capture business and just could we could we just have an animated character that looked like Tintin, you know well, from from the comics
0: yeah there's a couple things that were a little confusing to me about the character first how old is he
1: supposed to be is he supposed yeah, to be yeah like, it's weird because it's like he's a teen i don't know i that's like he's supposed to, like he's, he's a an teenager. established journalist but but yeah <laughs> he has an apartment uh-huh. <laughs> you know yeah yeah
0: like he's supposed to be 18, he's because he looks a lot younger. His design
1: he His is design young makes him look like he's like 16, yeah, or younger, mm-hmm. yeah. A also,
0: younger. I mean, I like Jamie Bell, I think he's great, but I do I don't... too.
1: I think Jamie Bell is, is terrific, and that's why I mm-hmm. hate to be, be critical because he does, you know, he does a good job.
0: I just don't know why they went they leaned into such a British cast. that's an interesting
1: choice yeah since it's a
0: belgium comic and it's all set in europe
1: yeah good question
0: but that would have been i mean but i guess in 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 uh hollywood like if you are if you are anywhere in europe you have a british British.
1: accent.
0: except for vd and the beast It's
1: the only uh-huh. one. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, that's but a good point. Th-
0: That so that was a little confusing to me about the character. I didn't mind the animation so much, but I can see what you're saying. That's true. I didn't really thought about it, but I can see that. Um, but uh, but yeah, they do move the camera so well. There's so many oh, one takes. I love it. In I just this feel, movie.
1: yeah, and I just feel like it just really works and i and again i just feel like that's where spielberg brought his ex you know expertise yeah into this project
0: and it was fun at the beginning they have the i really like the opening credits with oh i love the
1: opening credits yeah
0: with that graphic novel kind of appeal to them and then you get that little easter egg where the the artist is painting the uh the original
1: yeah design. and again i'm just like that's what i want like a 3d version of that rather than <laughs> you know this weird motion capture face that just doesn't fit in with all the other yeah faces i mean the, you know the other the faces kind of reminded me of of that um dick tracy movie the warren Beatty dick tracy in that all these faces are super stylized with the villains i guess as they should be because that kind of keeps it true to the comics mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of jarring then when these, you know, just kind of humans without all the prosthetic makeup. It's <laughs> you know? true. I mean, they, it yeah.
0: almost has a, a bit of an Aardman look. Yeah. yeah, You know, where we just talked about Arthur Christmas not too long ago, but the big yeah. nose. It does. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's a good point. The other things that I think is really good in this movie, and it was nominated for an Academy award was John Williams score. I mean, it Isn't probably it goes
1: a treat. W- without Dad, saying. I know <laughs> I, when, okay. when John Williams name showed up in those, you know, cool animated credits, I just like, Oh yeah, that's right. It's mm-hmm. This is John Williams. And it just made me so happy. Cause he's just, I mean, hello, yeah. no one's better.
0: Well, and it's a little bit different. It has a bit of a jazzy feel mm-hmm. that you don't typically get in
1: his scores. Yeah, it's unique. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I think is fun. I do too. I just felt it really worked. And and given that the movie is really just kind of nonstop action, too, yeah. you know, it just, it, I thought, I thought that his soundtrack really, really worked. Mm. Yeah. Almost like it was uh, not necessarily elevated racial, but just like it was more. I mean, you almost have to listen a little more closely because it was it was complicated. They just said it's like jazz, you know, and uh, really, yeah, anyway, really worked for me.
0: Now it was nominated for the Golden Globe that year, and it actually won. The Golden Globe for best animated film, but it was not nominated for the Oscar. And people said that it wasn't nominated because it was motion capture, but that doesn't really make sense because they no. nominated Monster House.
1: It doesn't make sense.
0: Which was also motion capture. So I don't understand that as an excuse because it was a weird year uh for the Oscars. It was that was the year that um that Rango won.
1: Yeah. The um, what? The what <laughs>
0: Which I mean, people who are fans of my channel know I'm not
1: the biggest fan of. I'm I'm not a fan of Rango either. <laughs> uh,
0: and I think that if Tintin had been one of the options, I I I think it would have won.
1: Yeah. Well it it. It would it would have been deserving. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: There's uh and, and I don't know if it was because Rango was also a Nickelodeon um uh, movie. And so maybe they kind of pushed more for it. Or yeah. I have no idea um, because like I said, it doesn't make sense since Monster House already had been nominated and it was motion capture. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was the year they had um, a cat in Paris and uh, Chico and Rita were so it, there was these indie international. Indy. Yeah. Um, and then they had Puss in Boots and, uh, and um, uh, Kung Fu Panda Two. Uh, So it was sort of a weird
1: year year. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: at the the Oscars for animated film, Uh, but I, I really, I think it would have won if, um, if they'd gotten there. Uh, They obviously had plans to make more, and I think I remember hearing that 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 they were going to swap that, uh, so Peter Jackson would direct the next one, and Spielberg would produce. I. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I just that don't would have been interesting.
1: <laughs> Peter <laughs> Jackson's would have been like four hours long, but other than That's that, true. you know, uh, <laughs> it probably would have been pretty interesting, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm not yeah, still to see it
1: wide oh Yeah, for sure, they leave this wide open for a sequel. You know,
0: mm-hmm. well, and part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this movie was because this week we have you know Uncharted coming out, and I I feel like it's a shame that we never got any more Tintin because I think that it did this adventure story better than most of the other adventure Mm -hmm. stories that we've gotten uh, recently.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I'm, I'm sad we didn't get more too, cause I was thinking, yeah, again, not that I would want to have the same character designs. We, we probably would have been, you know, we probably would have had the same, but, uh, you know, I wanted to spend more time with them. Yeah.
0: You know, well, it just would have been fun to get more ventures, more yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the thing, I mean, I thought Uncharted was fine. It's a, it's a like average movie, but one of the problems that they have with adventures, I think, lately, including Jungle Book, I mean Jungle Cruise, and uh, and Uncharted, is that everything is kind of too easy. Uh, like in Uncharted, they basically they find this key. The key opens everything, and uh, and sometimes they need two keys, which then they have they find fairly easy. And it's like you're supposed to buy that this whole thing happens un- like underneath the city, and nobody is thought to like check these keys until you know for for like. Over a thousand years yeah, to find the treasure. I mean it, it's just kind of ridiculous. And people people are always comparing everything to to the Indiana Jones films. And in the first three films, I think they kind of forget that Indy's kind of terrible at finding stuff. Like he <laughs> he, he, he he's he he loses things all the time. He gets a, 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 the Nazis take it away you know when he does find them successfully and you know famously in writers he says i had it in my hands you know i yeah. i was there um and so when these mystery stories try to be in Anne jones but they make it too easy for our mm-hmm. characters to find whatever they're trying to find yeah i think
1: yeah i agree and that's one of the things i like about this one is that Tintin has, they have to work and they have yeah. to like really go places and this is it's, it's an uphill battle mm-hmm. yeah he,
0: he gets knocked out like many times oh man he gets
1: worked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, with those zombie eyes you know he yeah. gets he gets worked
0: what did you think about haddock as a character you know
1: um i quite like haddock as a character again andy circus is so good you know, in this type of, in this type of thing. And, uh, I thought, I thought he, uh, you know, he, he was interesting. I thought dealing with his alcoholism was interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and also I i just, I just kind of felt like too, this was a real throwback. It just felt like it's, it's, it's a film that would be made in the 1940s, mm-hmm. you know, just, just given not so much that it's a stereotype, but I guess there's some tropes, you know, some mm-hmm. certain tropes that, that, uh, that it follows but you know I, I liked him and i thought i thought he did good and again i like i like the character design just because it it just felt um yeah you know, kind of comic booky you know and i mean that is a compliment
0: yeah and that that's true for the first three uh indian jones as well I'm yeah i tried to forget about the fourth one <laughs> I yeah that
1: was rough
0: <laughs> uh, so basically you have it's starting out, it gets kind of complicated, but you have a, you have Tintin purchasing a boat, uh, a miniature boat. uh, And it has, unbeknownst to him, it has a clue. um, And so he starts kind of on the case, investigating what, what about this boat and about the clues. And uh, there was a ship called the unicorn that, 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 had treasure on it. Um, and uh, we find out that only a true Haddock will discover the secret of the unicorn. Um, so it, it, it pretty quickly on his, uh, his ship gets stolen. Uh, and uh, then he kind of goes after them after getting hit, uh, hit in the head. Um, and you also have this pickpocket uh that, uh, was I, I thought a pretty f- fun character,
1: yeah, I like the pickpocket character too, and yeah please go ahead I, yeah, and
0: uh that was our uh, silk, the pickpocket, yeah, um voiced by toby Jones, and uh yeah, like when we get to his uh house and he's got like the shelves just full of wallets <laughs> like it's like
1: a library of wallets yeah
0: <laughs> um. Then we also have Daniel Craig uh voicing uh the main villain of the story with uh Ivanovich Sakarin is the is the is the antagonist's name. I do think that there are certain parts of this movie that might be kind of scary for little kids. Oh, for think? sure. No, yeah. I you
1: know, it's it's a uh, uh, yeah, I totally totally agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Thompson and Thompson, which are I call them the Bowler Hat twins. Yes,
1: the Bowler Hat. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and they're fun. I like they're them. They're fun. They yeah, do, they kind and, of
1: you know, and classic that the, they use Simon Pegg and Nick Frost to voice to voice them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah.
0: One of my favorite sequences in the movie is again another long shot um, with Snowy being chased there's a long sequence where yeah. uh, I thought that that was great. And there's, I especially love cause he's a white dog and there's a whole scene where he's surrounded by cows that, that I thought the animation and just everything in that sequence was great.
1: I did too. You know, uh, uh about snowy. I, I really love how they handled snowy. Again, I'm not that familiar. You know, I'm not familiar with the source material. So it'd be interesting to hear what, what he's like in the comics, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, i just loved how how smart snowy was how how resourceful and also i mean everybody's in danger of kind of throughout the whole movie but it's not so much like oh we have to save snowy or whatever you know or yeah something that's just like overly dramatic and stupid it's just uh, i just felt like it, it like it kind of they kind of kept it light like there's you know they're surviving all sorts of things together you know, from, from bullets to plane crashes and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it's all handled. I think with was just like a really light, um, touch. And one thing too, Rachel, about this, this, this is the beginning, I, which I just feel like sets the tone of course, the whole movie, the action starts almost immediately. Yeah. And I love that. You know, there's not like this 30 minutes of, of setup. You're just, you know, he buys the boat and they and then they're off, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh anyway, I, I, I admire that about this so film.
0: Yeah, I do too. The action in general is really strong and really I mean, strong. At the end towards the end, the whole sequence uh, that on the um uh motorcycle oh
1: my god and goodness. that ends up as
0: the zipliner it's great. That's
1: so great because again kind of this continuous shot but taking taking full advantage of the motion capture, but it's not just like computer throw up. Mm-hmm. It's Steven Spielberg, you know, <laughs> you know, directing this this sequence is just oh, it's, it's wonderful. I love it too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a great sequence where Tintin flies the plane. Mm-hmm. I think that was really good. They crash into the desert. And the Tintin almost ends up getting uh, taken down by the propeller blades of the oh, plane. That's a great. That was sequence.
1: so good. Again, kind of classic Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, in a way, but but uh, really good. Yeah. And that
0: scene really works too because they're they're showing the backstory at the same time. They go back and forth between uh, between Haddock's backstory with the pirates. Yeah. Uh, on the boat and uh, and them in the the desert and i really love the way this movie does transitions there's Me one too. in particular where uh, you see it goes from the the reflection in the sword uh in the flashback uh to the uh, to haddock in the in the current day so i thought that was a really s- c- clever way to kind of transition
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um it just get a little I think convoluted and a little confusing at times. I I, I was just kind of like, what? Where are we? What's going on between Sacrin and uh the the different ships and the clues and uh I got a little it's a little confusing, I think. Yeah, it's
1: I agree. You know, there's there's some parts of it that just don't necessarily work and and mm-hmm. i'm and i just you know this watch i was trying to think m- more through like yeah what what specifically doesn't fit and i think you're right it's and i don't know if it's if it's just the exposition or because some of it you know with the time you know they're talking about these two different time periods and stuff yeah. I, I i it uh yeah it uh, some of it just doesn't really gel
0: because there's so Rackham is the in the flashbacks is the bad guy, and there's a scene where he lets the whole crew drown, which is pretty brutal.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally brutal. They're like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really artistic way to to to, to show it. You know, is they're all pushed off the boat, but yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, like this is, and you know, it just shows how ruthless.
0: Yeah, and Saccharin is Rackham's descendant. mm Hmm. So he's obsessed with finding the treasure. And I guess there's three boats for three sons that have the Haddock ancestor left yeah. with the clues. So, so Saccharine wants vengeance against Haddock uh, because Haddock blew up the ship when the treasure went down with the ship. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's partly why. Uh, and then there's the whole scene with the opera singer with the Milanese Nightingale.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it, I was kind of like, what is happening? Cause she has the last, they have the last of the ships there, the third ship. And, uh, and so uh, she, her voice crashes the glass. Um, the Falcon uh, tries to get the scroll in the ship. And that's when we get the motorcycle chase. But a lot going on.
1: Yeah, there is a lot going on with that. Um, We also
0: have, you mentioned the uh, the um, sobering uh, up of Haddock. Um, and when they are in the desert, uh, that's when uh, he says, uh, well, your congratulations, you're sober. It only took you <laughs> one day in the Sierra to get
1: sober. <laughs> <Gosh. I know. laughs> yeah. Yeah, and
0: and then the uh Snowy basically gets uh haddock to have grain alcohol in the <laughs> like whoa, <laughs> that'll make you blind. Yeah. That's intense. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I, I guess it kind of fits with that nineteen forties aesthetic. But yes. It's a little awkward to have in a kids' movie. I feel like.
1: Yeah, that kind of that kind of was a definitely an adult add in.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then we have, uh, um, where he says, "What do you value more?" The this is, um, Saccharin says, "What do you value more? The scroll or <coughs> Addicts life?" Excuse me. And uh, and so then, um. And he says, and then Haddock says, nobody takes my ship, nobody, and nobody takes my ship twice. Um, So, you know, there were some, there were some good, I liked the whole crane battle at the end.
1: Oh, that crane battle was cool. That was really good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And you get kind of a weird sword fight at the end, which I also enjoyed.
1: Oh, I did too. Mm -hmm. I was so, again, just kind of classic movie tropes that just for me work you know because you know well you know how much i love old movies mm-hmm. and that just i thought that was a really fun homage
0: yeah and i think it's haddock who says there are plenty of people to call you a failure don't ever say it about yourself to tintin and uh and so then then uh the um the twins arrest Saccharin. And, uh, they, they see in the clues when you stack them up, they find the coordinates for the treasure of the scroll, uh, in the, in the scrolls. And, uh, so they also, they end up at, uh, so they find coordinates in the scrolls and the scrolls lead him, those coordinates lead them to Marlin Spike Hall. And that's where they find the, the treasure. So... Um, overall, I just, I, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. It is like said a little convoluted, a little confusing. Um, and I think they, they, I'm not sure why they went so British in the cast. Um, there's a few little things like that, but overall, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I think it's a lot of fun and I would say it's definitely underrated. I feel like you never hear about it when you talk about, uh, Spielberg, or you know adventure movies. I feel like it's just kind of been forgotten, which is sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is sad. I'm really glad that we you know got a chance to revisit it. I mm-hmm. there's just so much to, to to like about it. I think this, for me, just the you know the lingering um, issues I have with with uh, the motion capture of the time period. Uh, yeah, but but uh, still, Spielberg's direction is is evident and solid. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah did you have anything else uh, you wanted to point out
1: uh, about know, it i think i think that you, you that you got it with the you know you know some of the stuff that's convoluted maybe some of the a little uneven to- tone or stuff that's not always that's always appropriate for a family uh, a family audience yeah but but still you know underrated
0: mm-hmm yeah, so if you're listening, let us know what you think. If you haven't seen Tintin for a while, i definitely encourage you to go check it out. Uh, and it's nice, too, because it's uh, it's 107 minutes, so not, like, super bloated yeah, like a lot of these. Expensive.
1: I love that the, the runtime is, tr- is perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, if you've gotten to see it, I challenge you to watch it again if you haven't seen it in a while. And... Uh, Let us know if you have any suggestions of something you think is either underrated, underappreciated, obscure. We would love to hear your thoughts. And Stanford, where can people find you?
1: On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. And And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present.
0: Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also make sure you're checking out the Hallmarkies podcast. Uh, you'll enjoy that over there. And i uh, will put a link down to our full uh, l- playlist of all of our uh, movies that we profiled. Uh, please take a look at that and uh and if you're listening on itunes please leave your ratings and reviews that would help us so much and if you are listening on youtube please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel we appreciate that so much we also have our Patreon group and merch store where you can get hashtag animation junkie shirts so we would love for your help there all that information is being in the description so thanks so much and we'll talk next month Bye, everyone. Hey, bye